the bar. Ladies and gents, I am the fabulous Natalie. Joining me is the notorious Ricky Lee. And we're on this frequency brought to you by the Rose City Sound Podcast Network, where we talk about being a unique human in the universe and everything that comes with it. Let's get started. Enjoy. <laughs> Shouts out to that intro, though. <laughs> we're so cute. <laughs> High five. <laughs> Happy day. It is Monday. Yeah. Feeling a little nauseous, but Starbucks is helping right now with yeah. this medicine ball. It's so good. This is one of my favorite drinks. Agreed. I can drink this all year long. It like hugs your belly oh, when you're not yeah. feeling well. It's just like a big, mm. big warm hug. Mm-hmm. And then just like the flavors that it has. Yeah. I just want them all in my mouth. It's in your mouth right now. All the time. Speaking <laughs> of inappropriate things to say. Yeah. <laughs> Today we're talking about harassment sexuales, as um, Bartley would say. <laughs> Sexual harassment, y'all. Yes. You know, a very serious topic, but one that we're just, you know, we're going to ease into and kind of talk about our our experiences and what has led us here. And yes, and what what rooted from this topic was last week's episode. If you didn't catch it, we talked about uh, there was the segment in there about body shaming mm-hmm. and about how we grew up and the complexes that mm. we, you know, had to hear all the time. And I talked about you know, wearing a sports bra while I was painting the, the wall in the back and yeah. making my mom a little uncomfortable. But my mom doing her best to embrace that. <laughs> right, right. Right. But also about, you know, raising teenage daughters uh-huh. and worried about how comfortable they felt in dressing, you know, where they're showing some skin. And then right. me wanting to make sure that they understood the consequences right. of how... of of. They were dressing. Your appearance is, yeah. is going to catch some attention. And Just be it ready might for be it. unwanted. And from that, you know, we talked about after um, we recorded that episode, you know, what were our experiences with sexual harassment. And then from there, we were talking about um, Moments in Love, which is the third season of Aziz Ansari's Masters of None. Right, right. And I started to share with you his story um, mm. of... Him being accused of sexual harassment or yeah. misconduct. And it opened a can of worms about, you know, the fine line between accusing someone, the boundaries, right. what's right, what's wrong. Nonverbal cues. Yeah. So we started researching it and we started kind of investigating. But I think foremost, we definitely had that conversation amongst us where we said, well, what's been your experience with sexual harassment and being harassed? Right. From as far back as you can remember. So, like, so, uh, I guess going back to this whole um, body shaming thing. Yes. Um, I know that I've, that we've mentioned, um, you know, our appearance, what we wear. And one of the things that I always remember my mom telling me is, like, you know, Natalie, if I had a body like yours, I would wear these cute dresses mm. and these cute little tops and this and that <laughs> and the other. You know, basically letting me know, you know, embrace your body and show some skin and don't be shy and this, that. And and I have those outfits, right? But I'm always hesitant to wear them because I don't want to call attention to myself like right. that. And so um, the argument that my mom... And I have 
or the discussion is that, you know, mom, as much as I would like to, I don't because I frequently am by myself when I'm out and about. And I don't necessarily have someone that's going to defend me. Mm. And I'm not necessarily built to kick someone's ass like that. You know, <laughs> I, I just, if something were to happen. Right. Um, so I refrain from wearing the, you know, the the cute top with, you know, the girls are showing or. So, but did you have like a personal experience where that did happen and you're like, I'm not going to do that again? Or is that just based on what you, your just your social awareness of. What happens right. when you dress like that? My social awareness and also just experiencing wearing such outfits like um, when I'm going out with my girlfriends and we're out at the bar or at a club. And right. this is in my younger 20s now because I'm an old lady these days and I don't want to be seen in places like that. <laughs> but um, but I but my experience has been if you're wearing the outfit, then you're going to catch attention and it might be unwanted but be ready for it. And so that's been my experience is like, okay, you're going to go out, you're going to wear the short little dress and the cute skirt, whatever. And you're showing some leg or, you know, and of course some guy's going to whistle at you or some guy's going to ask you for your number or want to spark a conversation. I've had plenty of all of the, of all of that. Mm -hmm. Hey girl, what's your name? Oh, well, how come, do you want to come out and dance? Do you want to come out with me here? Do you want to, what do you do? And I'm like, no, I just, I'm okay. I'm good, did it make thanks. a difference if they were attractive or not? It did. Of course it did. <laughs> mm. It really is. And, and that's why this conversation, um, I think, is just difficult because there are biases. And yeah. it, it, does it only work um, when you're attracted? And does, is it be, does it become sexual harassment when you didn't want it? necessarily because nobody wants that right right i would say it becomes harassment like if you have to tell somebody more than once more than Mm. two times three times that's when like bro you're not getting you're not getting the hint here like and that goes with anybody right anything in any situation like if you verbally make it known like i'm not good with this or even just walking away and then it persists like that's when it just becomes inappropriate i think yeah i think i could agree with that um you know when it's no it's no right and if you don't know how to say no, then we got to work on it because there then that becomes these situations like a season saris that the nonverbal cues and right. I try to, but I never left. And so it's just like kind of like there's this big gray area. I had a girlfriend of mine who um, at work, she had one of her male coworkers. Mm. <laughs> she needed to move her desk. Yeah. And he was like, I can help you move your desk. No problem. Yeah. And he's like, all I need to do is just, you know, go underneath your desk, move some wires around. And while I'm there, if there's anything else you need me to do for you while I'm under the desk, Mm. wink, wink. (laughs) No. I can take care of that for you. No. So she was like. At work? At work. Okay. Now. That's disgusting. She didn't say anything. She was just kind of like. It got released silently, awkward, walked away. Yeah. She didn't say nothing, right? Months later, this same person, she's washing some windows, okay? Mm -hmm. And she was bending down. And you could see her underwear, like a little, just a little bit. Mm -hmm. And he makes the comment. He goes, oh, do you need help adjusting your pants? Stop. Same dude. Same chick. Months later, okay? 
Now, she never reported anything, never said anything because she's like, I need my job. Oh, my God. And I don't want to compromise anything and I don't want anyone to think anything. So I'm, I'm just not going to say anything. Yeah. So it stayed like that. Same with me. I had an employer years ago who I was working at a, you know, cashier and I was doing a little thing. And my boss came from behind and he was like, oh, great job. And he like puts his hand on my back. Yeah. And then it just slowly <laughs> makes its way <laughs> makes down. Makes its way south. Pat, pat. And I'm like, oh. Stop. <laughs> What's this? Oh, hell But no. again, I was a young, yeah. fresh employee. And I'm like, Ugh, this is weird and awkward. And at that point, I would just avoid, avoid him at all costs. I never said anything. And did I say at that moment, bro, what are you doing? Like, yeah. stop. Like, this is weird. No. What do you say? Well, and again, like, when you and I were researching um, Aziz Ansari's case, there was a, a video you sent me on, on some podcasters, I think, mm -hmm. who also, mm -hmm. this reporter mentioned that women don't necessarily know how to say no. Yeah. They don't necessarily ha know how to say, you know, could you please stop? In grade school, you get taught about sex. You know, mm -hmm. you fill out forms. You talk about mm -hmm. human anatomy and all that. Yeah. But when do you ever have a class that can show you, give you cases, examples on right. how to deal with a situation like that? Right. That's going to help young girls know, like, you're about to go into a world like this. Right. And here's how you can mm -hmm. say specific things, mm -hmm. take specific action mm -hmm. to, A, stand up for yourself and create those boundaries. And right. I think, I think it's especially hard when that person is in a position of power over Oh, 100%. You. Like whether that's that, whether that's like uh, an employer or a supervisor or anything like that, it makes family member, family member that's like you know, you bring an in authority figure, of, yeah, of some kind, yeah. And it's it's like you don't want to compromise your job at that point, uh huh. Right. At the same time, you don't want to be harassed or molested at work. You have to, <laughs> you have to go to work. You got bills to pay. This you have to provide um, an excellent. Um, Point of reference for what you just said, Bartley, is the um, the series on Apple TV, if you guys have it, The Morning Show. Um, the Morning Show is based off of what I believe might be um, a Fox News reporter who was sexually harassing all of the ladies at, at the workplace. Um, and it became this big thing. Um, of course, I'm, I mean, I'm sure all of you guys remember that it was broadcasted all over the news and every person possible was talking about it. Um, but I highly recommend that show, the morning, the morning, sh yeah, the morning show with, um, Jennifer yeah, Aniston show. and, um, Oh, you Steve just said Carell. his name, Steve Carell. Yeah. Yeah. Such a good show. Um, that's a perfect example of sexual harassment in the workplace and how that affects us. Um, mental health, that's a big thing. I feel that, you know, women that have had this happen to them, carry that with them and bury it inside their souls and it never gets spoken about and it must weigh so heavy on them. So, yes. <clears throat> and I was thinking about something because that same um, friend of mine who got harassed twice by the same dude, mm. she went on to explain to me that he harassed a lot of the women there at work. Mm -mm. Right? But here's the thing. Mm -hmm. I honestly... Okay, so he harassed a lot of other women there at work. Yeah. And he was also known for, like, sharing explicit videos with, like, men there. Like, oh, my God, oh. look at this video. You know, da, 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 stuff like that. With other men around? Yeah, with other men around. And two men. 
Okay, so when the Me Too movement came around and all of these people were being called out, my friend said that he called everybody at work, all the ladies at work, and apologized. Oh. And was like, I am so sorry if I ever said anything inappropriate, if I offended you. Like, he was so remorseful. Wow. So was he remorseful or was he... He knew he was about to be called out and lose his job. Because mm. those are two completely different things. Like, okay, so saying this. sorry and being remorseful are two completely separate things. He didn't work for that employer anymore. He, didn't, he did not work there anymore. He, like, relocated to another country. Oh. And he literally, I ended up finding out, he literally called, like, any, anything that came to his mind. Yeah. He called, he tried to locate every female to apologize. So, no so, it wasn't, so it wasn't that he was afraid of losing that job in particular because he wasn't there anymore. But, mm. but here's another thing. She brought up an interesting point because you mentioned wellness and the scarring that it does for females, right? Yeah. He wasn't necessarily, he didn't have those social cues. He didn't have, he could, mm. I, don't, I don't think that from everything she shared with me that he knew how to pick up on the fact that she wasn't feeling up on what he was saying. Yeah. Do you understand what I mean? And I think oftentimes there are many people, men in this particular case, who may not have that yeah. radar that goes off that says, she's not really liking what you're saying right now. Yeah. She's uncomfortable. She's uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Because if he did this with every, all women, he wasn't discriminating against any woman. He was like... To all of them. And, and then, then with And then men even too. to men as well. So, right. like, like, some people have, you know, sp- specific manners, knowing, and some just don't. And that's yeah. where, you know, I, I don't know. I was just thinking critically about that, that there's all kinds of loopholes. There's all, all kinds of, like, there are. possibilities with this. But I did admire the fact that he very much, um, you know, apologize to everybody Mm -hmm. you know like i thought that that was an honorable thing i did appreciate that but going back to um what happened with aziz ansari because i want to recap the situation that happened with him yeah because when that situation with him happened Mm -hmm. people said that it set the me too movement back because of the Uh. because of the specific accusation that that it was so in a nutshell, and then help me out if I'm saying right, yeah. he meets this girl at a show. Yeah. They go out on a date. They, te- they text each other back and forth. They go out on a date. They mm-hmm. have some wine. They go back to his place. Yeah. They, she, she willingly takes the invitation to go up to his apartment. Right. They have sexual banter back and forth. Right. Um, he does do sexual advances to her. Girl. She accepts. She reciprocates. Right. Now, although she's reciprocating, she's not comfortable with it. But she's not saying it. She's not right. verbally telling him no. that she's uncomfortable with it or, or saying no. Right. She does, she does mention in the article that she would fidget a lot and kind mm-hmm. of pull away. Mm-hmm. But she was still responsive to every sexual move that he was making. Mm-hmm. And the one time that she did express something, she yeah. said something like, when he was like, oh, um, I think he said something like, I'm going to go and get a condom or something. She right. says, no, 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 I don't want it to feel forced or made a comment like that. Yeah. But still proceeded 
with his advances. And like I said, you know, it went back and forth. Yeah, I think there was, um, based on the article that we were reading, um, it was three separate occasions in, in that same night where he's approaching her, he's feeling her up, and he's performing these sexual acts on her. And on three different occasions, she had the opportunity to say, no, I've had enough. No, I'm leaving. No, I don't like this, but doesn't. She doesn't. And she and the article is available on babe.net. And if you just Google Aziz Ansari, babe.net, it was there because I it, it, I'm a huge fan of Aziz Ansari. And I was really devastated when I mm-hmm. saw this come. I was like, what the hell? No, I want another season of Masters of None, yeah. which Netflix, of course, pulled. Yeah. So he has no clue at that moment that she's really right. uncomfortable because they're going back and forth. And then finally, when she does say, like, I'm ready to go home, he calls an Uber for her. Uh-huh. And then the following morning, she does express to him that she was uncomfortable. Yeah. To which he immediately says, you know, like, I'm sorry. Like, I didn't know. I'm sorry you felt that way. You know, that's terrible, uh-huh. et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So when I read that article and the way that it was written and the way that it was done, I immediately did think about, like, the men in my family. Yeah. And I thought, I could totally see that situation, like, happening where you're misreading the cues. You're thinking everything's cool and dandy because physically she's, you know, going along with everything. Right. You've both had something to drink. You're not picking up on the fact that this person does not want to be with you. Right. And I remember calling my dad and my brother going like, have y'all ever been? Jesus, have you guys been in a situation like this? Yeah. And how many women had, could have potentially really not want to be with you, but were there and because they thought, didn't know how to get the fuck out of there. Right. So, so in this particular case, just in this particular case, I understand both sides. I yeah. understand her not being able to verbalize mm-hmm. that she's not comfortable. Mm-hmm. But I also understand why he didn't stop. Because... Like, if, if you don't, he, he's not a no. mind reader. Right. You, you're not a mind reader. It, right. I, it's so, even just in normal conduct, yeah. without any kind of sexual behavior, yeah. you're, you cannot know what the other person is thinking. thinking. I, I kind of, I think about um, our episode um, when we talked with Bartley a little bit um, in the, what is it? Men can't live with them, can't live without them. And we were talking about the, um, the first of all, the emotional sectors, right? Women have 12, men have one, which we went on to say, like, look, when it comes to men, and Bartley, correct me if I'm wrong, men are going to, like, it's either yes or no, and it's red or white or right. blue. It's right. not like, what are you thinking? Because women, we right. think a thousand different things. Men are thinking just... Well, especially if she's participating in the sexual, physical acts with him. Right. Leading yeah. up to that point. He's, his, his, his he's two, on go. His head and yeah. his other head are like, let's, this let's is happening. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah. Yeah. Like, this is, this is... We're this. waving the flags. No, go, the, go, the, go. Green, the green flag yeah. is out. We're ready to go. Right. And right. Thank you. So, it, unless she's actually, like, sorry, men are right. kind of stupid. You got to lay it out for us. Right. Unless you're laying it out, say, hey, I'm not comfortable. Um, I don't want to do this with you anymore. I don't feel comfortable doing this. Thing. Right. But you, you're you're not saying that, but you're, your actions are speaking louder than your words ever could. Exactly. Right? Because for us, it's like, okay, she's doing this. I'm doing this, and uh, she's right. enjoying it. Uh-huh. Right. Uh-huh. So, what's wrong? Exactly. 
Exactly, which which kind of goes, I understand now this whole kind of the Me Too movement refraining. Right. Because now this chick is well, performing the acts as well. And, and this is completely different than the Harvey Weinstein. Correct. Oh, right. 100 like Right. Like right. this is, those dudes are disgusting and, and yes. couldn't take the, the verbal cues as well as the nonverbal Correct. cues. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. And destroyed someone's career. Right. Now, and again, and I thought about the men in my family and I thought about my son, mm-hmm. you know, because I immediately, and in general, like growing up, like you could tell my son no a thousand times and he's going to keep poking and playing because naturally right. he's like that. And I would always yeah. tell him like, I swear to baby Jesus, as soon as a female, as, as soon as you feel any kind of like, mm, stop. You better, yeah, right. Uh, just stop because yeah. you don't know what someone is going to say or think or destroy. And he right. did. He lost, you know, a lot of affiliations, a lot of, you know, opportunities and what he had going on. Because he's on sorry, right? Correct. So now what happens is a year goes by. He doesn't, he stays completely out of the public. Mm-hmm. He like dives into himself. Mm-hmm. A year later, he releases um, his special called um, on Netflix, Aziz Ansari, right now in 2019. Ah, yes. He opens that episode by addressing what happened. Yeah, yeah. Because the people that actually showed up, A, to watch the special, mm-hmm. and then Netflix, who actually released and produced it, mm-hmm. he he wanted to address it to give them thanks, A, for showing up. Right, the for support. support. For supporting yeah. him, right? So... I think he had a standing ovation. His intro, just... in just hearing his voice, his tone, and mm-hmm. what he says... First of all, it felt like he was on the verge of tears like yeah. the entire time. But I felt it. Yeah. Like I, I genuinely felt yeah. how terrible he felt uh-huh. about what happened. Mm-hmm. About how it affected everybody. Mm-hmm. Her, him, his family, his friends. Like yeah. everybody. You could feel it, right? And he says something really important in there. He says that after all of this happened, that even his friends were like, dude, yeah. I had to think about. The situations the shit, yeah. I had been in that sounded very familiar to what you had gone through. Mm-hmm. And how many, did I hurt women like that? Mm-hmm. So he expresses how, like, at least that brought something to awareness for men to be like, damn, like, even the nonverbal thing, like, you got to be aware of that, right? Right. I saw an interview, and I think it was Fox. I, I don't remember who it was. But I saw these two ladies who criticized him mm-hmm. oh, opening yeah. up like that and saying, like, oh, why did he do that? It didn't sound genuine. Like, yeah. he just blasted him uh-huh. for doing that. And I thought, well, actually, one of the reporters was saying that it did seem very genuine yeah. and that she did appreciate that he addressed it, even though it was a year later, but that you could literally feel the weight that it had carried, that he carried, that he carried because mm-hmm. of this. Mm-hmm. And then he did a great show. But, yeah. And, um, the and, other lady criticized, too, the other reporter of why he would um, speak up about it in this manner. Correct. Meaning, like, the comedy special. Correct. And I kind of thought, well, what a perfect opportunity. This Correct. is his platform. Yeah. These are the people that listen. This what, is where he no, would be there's seen. There's no better time for you to, right. to address that. It would be no different, like, if any other comedian or, or public person had an yeah. opportunity to address accusations against him, that's the perfect time to do it. You have the platform. People are tuning in because they yeah. want to hear your reaction to it. Exactly. That's the perfect exactly. Time. Not just that, but also I think like 
<sighs> comedians, like, I love comedy. Comedy is one of the biggest reliefs and it's so important to us, right? Comedians always have like the biggest stories. They have the, the big, biggest pain. The bi- yes, because I, all I think about, I always think of like rest in peace, Robin Williams. Like mm-hmm. I can imagine the pain that he carried and his mm-hmm. sole purpose in life was to make like other people laugh. Yeah. And it cost him his pain and it cost him his life and it cost him like, so like for me, when I heard Aziz talk about this, mm-hmm. I was like, damn, like, you know, you're not holding it in. Like, mm-hmm. you're trying to let it out and not yeah. repress it like so many other comedians who may have done that right. for the sake of making other people laugh. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And that was honorable. And I honored that about him because, again, and we always talk about you want to make the generations better. Mm-hmm. You want to make your people better. You want to make your, your youth better. Yeah. Then this is how you do it. You talk about it. Yeah. And you, you bring to. it up. And you say, this is what I went through. This is what I did. Like, learn from it and move on. Right. Because this whole, like, cancel culture thing just no. really fucking yeah. blows my mind sometimes. Yeah. And I think that, um, just to add to that, we we have to hold boys accountable. I feel like boys get away with a lot of shit. What do you Do you think that? For since the beginning of time. <laughs> like and, and us ladies have just had to like, mm, it's okay. He didn't mean it. Mm-hmm. He was just this. He had a bad day. Yeah. Um, and then I, and I even think about, um, you know, when you get raped by your husband. Oh. Well, is it consensual? Well, you're married, but it's like, well, <laughs> um, uh, you know, um, I, th- I think about, I think about, um, Tina Turner. If, ah. if you've ever gotten a chance to watch, I think it's called What's Love? What's Love Got to Do with It? Have you ever? I'm oh my sure. God. I, you need to watch that because yeah. her, her story, ooh, yeah. talk about consensual or not being consensual and yeah. being in an abusive relationship. Mm-hmm. And again, going back to the power of a man, the influence of a man, yeah. like, and the fear behind it and the association that can't say anything or do anything, even right. though you're being bludgeoned to, right. you know. Right. Could out of your dignity, be getting beat. Yeah, um, it's 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 an incredible. Her story is incredible. I, I'm sure we could go on and on into how traumatizing this situation can get to. Right, battered but women. If and, you if you have you know you I have daughters and I I am immediately am trying to explain to them like again this is the world that you're about to go into mm-hmm. and it's not a pleasant one and here's what you're going to be up against mm-hmm. so have the grit to deal with that mm-hmm. and don't come crying that this and this and this happened cuz that's you're you're going up against again the since the beginning of time where yeah. men are this way right. men behave like this this isn't nothing anything that's going right. to change this overnight this is only 5 years in where it's in the quote unquote public eye Correct. and we're barely wanting to do something right. well not that we've barely been wanting to do something where but as a mass we're identifying oh shit we have a problem here right and so that's what i'm saying like i prepare my girls so that they're aware of what they're going into right mm-hmm. just the same way that i prepare my son so that he's aware of these stories and that's why it's also important too like yeah we heard the the whole me too movement we heard these very high-level stories, right? Yeah. But it's important that we talk about the day-to-day experiences that we have. Mm-hmm. Because your day-to-day people don't say shit. Right. Your day-to-day people are keeping quiet, taking it in. Yeah. Because you don't have that pull. You right. don't have that. And again, you don't want to lose your job. You don't want to lose relationships with people. Right. You want to just, yeah. as, we've, as women have been conditioned for thousands of billions of years, just keep quiet and keep going. Yeah. 
suck it up and go. Him. Yeah. You know? That sucks. So it's 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 made up of male and female conditioning that's yeah. been the tale as old as time. Yeah. Well, nowadays, um, employers protect people who report sexual harassment. So mm. the the message needs to be like, okay, this is no longer okay. And yeah. you can speak up about it. And you can keep your job because you are protected. Yeah. So moving yeah. forward to anybody listening to this, if you're going through that experience, mm-hmm. go to someone who's not involved. Mm-hmm. Like if obviously if it's with your employer, employer, go to somebody else who's not involved. Maybe mm-hmm. contact an attorney. Yeah. You are protected in your job if yeah. you p- report sexual harassment. Yeah. Yeah. That you you bring up such a good point. A lot of us don't want to do that because. We don't have the money. We don't have the resources. We don't know who to go to. But, hey, call your HR person. Call, if it's not your manager, that's not, tell your manager to help you out. Tell you, Somebody. Somebody has to know that can help you because it's very serious. And if we don't, then we're only going to prolong us healing and helping and making the world a better place, I think. And it goes, and it goes even into our families. Right, it goes into to the network mm. of molestation that happens in the families. Mm. I, I'm trying to remember the post that I saw where it talked about like uh, something about like keeping secrets and and yeah. we have a, a friend of our families also who we had to see suffer like you know a, a stepfather and and him and how he's manhandled like just kids and friends and families and instead of anyone saying anything everyone just keeps quiet because that's the patriarch of the family and how are you gonna dismantle a family and i'm like how are you gonna contribute to the continued unknown little girls he's or what else he could be doing you know yeah yeah but again that goes back also to culture Mm -hmm. and and Family secrets. Family secrets. And keeping all of that hush-hush. Fuck, I don't even know how to follow up with that because that's... I I can't imagine that. I remember going uh, to therapy with the father of my children a long time ago. And I remember her expressing to, to both of us. She said, you know, as parents, you have to remember that this can happen right. anywhere under your nose. Yeah. Like, whatever you think the most obvious thing is, it doesn't even have to be that unobvious or noticeable. It could be the simplest thing. Mm -hmm. Which is why you always have to keep an honest conversation as much as you can with your Mm -hmm. kids. Mm -hmm. Which, again, goes back. And I, I, you know, it was difficult for me to, to, to tell Alina, beautiful young lady, beautiful body, beautiful everything. Yeah. Like... You want to go out like that? Right. I don't want to hear you crying when you come back. That, oh, so-and-so said this or so-and-so. Own what you wear. Mm-hmm. And know mm-hmm. that that's exactly what you're going to get when you go out there. And there is nothing that you can do to control the right. attention that you're going to get when yeah. you walk out the door dressed like that. Yeah. It's not to discourage the way that she looks. It's not mm-hmm. to discourage her to feel any kind of confident way about her body. Mm-hmm. But the reality remains is that Men you will. <laughs> that's just it. <laughs> It just men are kind of gross. Sorry, no offense, but it just it is what it is, you know. I'm taking. I mean, so I had a back in college. We had a, a exercise where we went to the mall. Mm. Uh, we went to Victoria Gardens Mall, and I was in a criminology class. And our assignment was to quote unquote commit crimes. 
not uh. not physically actually commit the crimes, yeah, but put ourselves in a criminal mindset and, and and ask ourselves why are we choosing that person for the crime? Oh, I like so, that. By thinking like a criminal, uh-huh. you are protecting yourself uh-huh. from those crimes. So what my advice to your daughter would be: put yourself in somebody else's shoes. What message are you sending to that person? Whether you're intending to send that message or not, mm-hmm. how can you protect yourself in that situation? Yeah. Because, I mean, I came up with some heinous stuff, mm-hmm. and I'm not like I'm not a, I'm not that kind of person. Right. But like, I'll give an I'll give a short example. I I followed a family into the parking structure. They weren't paying attention to their surroundings. I could have knocked out the father and had control of the family at that point. I didn't. Oh obviously, that's God. not my. That's right. Jesus, no, but Martin, the, but, but that, about that, the that's what I had. That's what I had to write <laughs> right. in the paper. Right? right. Okay. So, how do you protect yourself against that? Well, you got to be aware of your surroundings at all times. Right. Yeah. And so, th- moving this into like the sexual harassment or sexual, you know, situation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How do you protect yourself if you do want to wear something like that? Mm-hmm. How, how do you protect yourself? Well, you need to have your head on a swivel at all times. You right. need to know who's look watching. Left, look right. Look behind you. Who's watching? You know, who's paying extra attention to you because that's the person you need to watch out for. Exactly. I agree. This is why I don't dress like that. I am far too lazy to be trying to pay that close attention of, like, my surroundings. I am far too lazy to be doing any of that shit at all. Give me some sweats and a sweatshirt and call it a day. And no, I am not deviant. I am just... (laughs) I went through a class, and that's that was the assignment. Um, I had a similar assignment, uh, Bartley, when I was in college. I had to... So there had been reports of sexual activity in college libraries. Hmm. Or just... Cal- I think it was just college campuses. And I believe that there, there was a heightened um, reports of... People selling themselves or advertising for sex um, on Craigslist at that time. Selling themselves. Yeah. Okay. Um, and like, and you know, this is before the Tinder and the and all of those apps. So you can go on Craigslist and you have yourself a date there. Um, and this was popular in college campuses. So our assignment was to go to, I believe it was four or five college libraries. And you research the library to see if there would be a chance that you can have sexual encounters at the library. Like physically? Yes. Like if you could have sex at the library? Yes. Like where you would do it? Where would you do it? Yeah. So I found that at the Claremont Colleges, (laughs) that library was like the most. Be, because there was no security. So you was, researched different libraries. Right, right. I, I researched um, the Claremont Colleges, okay. Cal Poly Pomona. Um, this is... Cal like, State San Bernardino. I like college. And then... <laughs> I can't remember the other ones, but it was the Claremont Colleges that stuck out to me the most because there was no security. There wasn't... There was a lot of places where you could hide. And there was a particular place in the library where you could go in... And I don't know. There was just a lot of hidden spaces. Did this ever turn into a fantasy for you, where you're like, "No, <laughs> no I would have sex right there, right there, on this library right bookshelf." No, no, it would for didn't. me. <laughs> I love books. Well, Claremont College is just so you know. So my quote-unquote research <laughs> <Yeah>. showed. 
<laughs> yeah. So, um, so I would definitely, my advice would be, and I guess this is what I do. I carry pepper spray and a small knife in my purse. I don't know if this would actually help me in a real scenario where like, now I'm digging for my bum, I threw all my shit in my right. purse and now I have a knife, but carry your, <laughs> carry your knife. And Mike always asks me, why do you have a knife in your purse? I'm like, I don't know who's going to be by me. I don't know who I need to pull this out on. Have you ever had to pull it out? No. I haven't. Thank goodness. But yeah. You and never my, know. My advice also would keep your head on a swivel because when you're not paying attention to your surroundings, you're mm-hmm. opening yourself up for victimization. Mm-hmm. I guess, like, mm-hmm. I don't think like that. That's mm-hmm. not how I operate. Like, I, yeah. I have friends who do operate like that who are like, hey, you, uh, uh, I'm yeah, no, I'm like, always looking I don't, around. You no, I don't want to live like that. I, I don't. And I realize I probably should. Yeah, because that's where we live in right now. I'm not saying have it consume you, but you need right. to think about it. Because that's always a possibility. Right. Especially, like, if you're in a parking garage or at the college library. Okay, see, or in yeah. a dark place. Like, mm-hmm. if you're walking to your car late at night, at night. have your head on a swivel. I or do when like- you're walking your dog. I even, like, in the mornings, I'm scared. I don't care what time of day it is. I'm like, what the fuck? I like Volkswagens you know? because our... Our key is a little switchblade. Like, oh, you click it. So I always yeah, you just you easily your... stab somebody with the key mm-hmm. in the eye. Oh, yeah. So I like my key. Shove it up their nose. That's, oh, the nose. <laughs> but see, again, I don't like. Or in their ear. Right. Ooh, ow. That's painful. But hey, I have more an ear we know. Fetish, so you do? I don't think I would touch the ears, <laughs> even if they were. I oh, think no. I would probably talk my assailant to death. <laughs> <laughs> and have like a deep conversation. Like, do so, you really want to do this with me right now? Yeah. Tell what? me why. Why? What happened? <laughs> Tell me here? why. Because yeah, let yeah. me explain. You know, that's probably my biggest defense. Yeah. No, I feel that. But hey, we got. I'm glad you're keeping this light. <laughs> but at least over here holding his laughing. Like, <laughs> yeah, he probably oh thinks God. this would work. Oh, let me finish laughing. <laughs> <laughs> We'd have a good combo. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that. I don't disagree. I don't disagree. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. I'll just leave you alone. You're making me. But I like, actually. Just get out. Just yeah. go. All right. You're free. Get out go. of the car. Yeah. You can leave. But I've actually thought about that. So growing up, my, my Aunt Rosie, and now I always end up having to talk about my Aunt Rosie. Like, she used to like, like gory stories or like true mm-hmm. crime or like mm-hmm. people who would murder. Like, mm-hmm. just creepy shit like that. And yeah. I could never watch things like that yeah and then suddenly i did have an obsession with watching shows like that you Uh know kidnappers Uh or like wives who lose their shit i became obsessed Mm -hmm. and then i would run through my head like well what would happen if i was in a situation like that and i go back to saying this i would really want to talk to them yeah i would really want to be like so tell me yeah where are you at right now? Like, I would genuinely, and I probably wouldn't lend itself, and I'd probably get shot and killed before the answer would even they come out. They would tape your mouth shut so fast. Yeah. I would speak with my eyes. I'd be like, <laughs> easy. <laughs> yeah. but I would write. Yeah. I would make myself bleed and then just, like, write everything. Yeah. That was weird. They probably I'd make wouldn't. myself bleed. They wouldn't have. I know, but I'm just saying, like, that's, that's in my mind how I would play it out. Like, yeah. What would I do? Yeah. I would want to know what, what they were thinking. No, I'm like, I think that when push comes to shove, you're going to figure out a way to escape, a way to talk yourself out of it. You're always, you're always, always going to want to get yourself out of these Fight situations. Fight or 
flight. See, that's See. kind of like when um, we we went to uh, Sequoia National Park, uh. and when you're gonna get into the park, you know the ranger tells you, "Hey, uh, you're going to come in contact mm-hmm. with wildlife, mm. bears, wild cats." Mm. So you know, you must live by this. If attacked, fight back. My kids were like, what? <laughs> fight back? Aren't you going to run or aren't you going to try and hide? Yeah. No, the ranger said. If attacked, fight, fight back. back. You know, punch this fucking panther in the nose, you know. But it's the same. It's the same thing. Like, fight for your life. Yeah. You know, do whatever it takes. Well, it's to... the same in human life. That's like, what I'm saying. So, yeah. so. In your instance, fight back, right? If you flee, you are prey. Yeah. Right? So yeah. in human life, you need to be, you need to have that same mindset. You need to be aware and you need to fight back. Yeah. Otherwise, you will be prey and you will be in those crime documentaries that you don't mm. want to watch. Shouts out to that lady. Did you see that video um, on Instagram of bear. the lady with the bear? Yeah. Where the bear comes yeah. into, her, into her backyard to get her little, her little doggies and this lady was like, day. Plop! 17-year-old girl. Oh, she was 17? 17. She was not 17. 100 oh. bucks. No, I mean, I'm no doubt, but in the video, she looked like she was like 45, like a 45-year-old yeah, mother of 17. six. Oh, wow. Well, t- I mean, to the point is, like, she was not going to have it. She said, I would have gone to go get La Scuola or something. Like, she went full force, like, plop. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I don't love my dogs that much. Oh, that would have been me. <laughs> I fucking, I, I hoorahed her. I was like, yes, girl, you get I don't that know shit. That I would have done that. Push that fucking bear. Don't let them fuck with your dog. She had the strength <laughs> of a mother. That's why I think I doubt best. how old she was. Yeah, yeah. Is that 17. adrenaline? Yeah, and that's probably and that's what it was. It was the adrenaline. Maybe she was house sitting the dogs, and she was like, "I want to get my paycheck." No, so one of them was a (laughs) service animal for her mother. Oh, oh shit! So she didn't want that dog to die. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know what? I would fire that service dog because that service dog should know better that it's gonna lose against the bear. No, she's not looking out for her human. The bear was intruding. It was the pack mentality. Like once Mm. one of them went, they all went. Mm-hmm. That was a mama bear too. She went in there with her cubs. I was like, "Who's gonna win this?" Yeah, that was that was actually. I was really two good. mamas going to bet. Mm-hmm. Oof, that was, was nerve wracking. Oh yeah, man, I just broke a one. sweat. <laughs> that made me nervous. <laughs> but I think what would help with that too, um, you know, we're talking about fighting back. Have some self defense. So let me ask you this. So then, in retrospect, should <laughs> should we tell our girls? Listen, if that boss of yours, if his hand creeps lower than it should. Punch him in the throat. Push him back like that lady pushed that bear back. Yeah. In that moment. Yeah. If he has the audacity to grab you someplace he shouldn't be grabbing you, mm-hmm. push that son of a bitch back. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. You don't, you don't get touched in your little private parts. What do you, know. what do you Bartley, what are you going to tell your daughter on how to deal with, with that situation? Yeah, you were right. She was 17. So I'm going to either tell her, one, you know, like, go report it to someone higher up. So you wouldn't immediately tell her to respond? No, because you could make the situation worse. How? Mm. What, if, what if that person gets triggered and escalates? Mm. Damn. So get out of the current situation that you're in, but then report it. Or... Get, like, 
get physical and and kick him where the sun don't shine. And then mm-hmm. how is he going to explain how you know why he? Well, kick know, him and run. You know. Yeah. Yeah, I think. Uh, yeah, I guess like. Did your parents ever have a conversation with you about how to do that or how to manage that? I think I was always just told like, no te dejes, mm. and I and I got it. No te no te dejes que te que te toquen en donde no and. So I don't think there was like. So they would tell you, don't let anybody touch you. No yeah. te dejes is an equivalent to right. only nobody mess with you. Yeah. 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 Damn. So, and I mean, it wasn't like a whole bunch of conversations over and over, but they made it known like, no te dejes. Right. Okay. Mm. Well, and it all depends on your situation too. Like if you're in your workspace, yeah. then my advice to my daughter would be, Get out of the situation and then report it. If mm-hmm. you're alone, mm-hmm. then fight back. Mm-hmm. What about with family? Creepy fight. uncle? Fight back. Mm. Everybody has a creepy uncle. Fight back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hell yeah, fight back. I don't give a fuck who you are. Ugh. Disgust. Take the chunk out. Mm-hmm. Um, all of this. Use your teeth. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ooh. <laughs> a, a, how are you going to explain bite marks on you? If it's, if it, let's say it's like a creepy uncle ah. with an underage part, how are you going to explain bite marks on you? Yeah. It could get infected. How are you going to explain that? Mm. Oh. I see. So, I, see I would say saying. bite. Bite. I'm trying to teach my daughter not to bite right now. <laughs> That's what I was thinking too. <laughs> <laughs> you're sending you just me mixed messages, me. Dad. When, hey, when you're 12 or 4, you know, anything after 12, you can bite just in this situation. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I, I feel that. I feel that really. Um, it's making me more nauseous. Another recommendation that's going to make you even more nauseous. Um, have you watched The Handmaid's Tale? No. Oh, such a good show on Hulu. Is it about Fuck that show. Whoa, I can't wow. watch that show. Why? It's, it's okay, too, well, it's too all, over the top for me. Well, it's, what is it about? Oh, my gosh. It's about religious extremists taking over the United States. Yes. And pretty much all the... So it's the history of the United States? No. No. <laughs> it's like a futuristic type thing. Well, yeah, but no. <laughs> and yes. the, me, the men can't... Or the, the women are not able to bear children, so they kidnap these women who are able to have children, and they force them to have sex with their... Uh, their husbands. Their husbands. Of the elite. Of the, of the upper class. Yeah. And they, they try to base it off of Bible scriptures. Yes. It's, it's sick and twisted. It's so sick and twisted. Yeah. But it's too much for me. It's, it's I can't. It's a lot, heart. but it kind of covers everything that we're that we're talking about. Just your the nonverbal cues saying no, and and this is obviously extreme, but it just goes into how women are. They don't have a say, and this mm. kind of portrays it as the extreme of. You're not anyone's property but the government's, and we're going to do whatever it is that we need to do so that the higher powers can have children at whatever cost. So (laughs) they get left from their own husbands and children. God. Yes. Oh, it's so And the punishments are extreme for fighting back. So if, like, you're talking back, they'll cut your tongue out. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They gouge your eye out. It gets so bad oh, they will hang God. you from in public yes. places. Yes. Yeah, it's really extreme. I've been watching it. And I, I'm in the third, second or third 
I'm in the third season now. And just this weekend, I was bawling out in like full on. Like I was crying so hard. Mike was like, oh, this really got you. Wait, like, hold he on. Had you, to hug you me cried? Because, yes, I cried uncontrollably. It was the most what? heartbreaking episode. I don't want to give it away. You have to watch it. But there's a scene and it just tore me apart. Just hold on. This is why I don't want to watch it. If it got you to cry to that point, I would probably have like an anxiety attack. Okay. I'll need an inhaler. And that night, I couldn't sleep after that. Oh, I'm not watching that. Because it just tore me to pieces. It was. So you literally have to watch and experience something extreme to cry? Mm -hmm. Hell no. You have to ask Mike about it. I was crying. I, I was crying as if it were happening to me. Huh. It was it was devastating. Um, but it's I, I really good. Key, I think you should watch it. I low-key, mm-hmm. the only reason why I do want to watch it is because I want to know, like, okay, this made Natalie cry. But I'm also terrified. and I Because I can imagine what it's going to do to me. It's terrifying. It's like the a woman's worst nightmare. You know what? I'm thinking about the last episode we had where DJ Severe was like, but the women are in control of everything. <laughs> <laughs> like, we it's need true. that positivity right now, though. It's true. I, I, Not in Gilead. Pr- <laughs> right. Not in Gilead. Thanks, Bartley. <laughs> exactly. You see, Bartley, you've watched this. You've watched a pretty... Uh, I watched the first season with my wife, and yeah. I told my wife, you can watch the rest by yourself. <laughs> I'm pretty sure she got to the part where I was crying uncontrolled. I'm pretty sure she was dev- just as devastated as I was. It was an awful episode, but I think... So is this true, was- though? No, no. It, oh, okay. It's it's fiction. It's someone's sick fantasy? It's someone's sick, twisted fiction, yeah. <sighs> but um, But it's based on, like, the current times. So there's cell phones involved and internet and this, that. But now it just takes place in a different, like under different rule. I, I would, I would, I would um, say it's similar to, it's a religious extremist, mm-hmm. right? So think of like how we, we view um, different religions and their extremists. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to like blow single out. Single one out. Yeah, no. Single one out. But you know what I'm referring to. Yeah. It's like that, but for Christianity. Yeah. It would be okay. a Christiani, a Christian extremist group that takes over the United States. Yeah, yeah. You you have to watch it. Oh, it's so good. It's so so good. Um, how many was, seasons? Uh, I think there's four now, and I don't know if that would be it, but it's based on a novel. Okay. Um, so there's a book that precedes it. Okay. So got it. Um. So yeah. There, there it is. So extreme things make Natalie cry. Noted. Yeah. Noted. Yeah, that one. I couldn't sleep on. Oh, just I. It's still. Mm. I don't remember the last thing that I saw that I lost sleep over. So that's why I'm really curious about this. Yeah. That was it for me. I I had trouble sleeping after some of the stuff that I saw. Yeah. Jesus. It's, oh, it's so sad. But anyway, anyway, let's move along. So um, so yeah, guys. Um, Sexual harassment. If you see something, say something. If you're a victim of something, let somebody know. Handle it. Talk to it. somebody. Because uh, I guarantee yeah. you, in your small network of women that you know, someone's yeah. getting harassed. Um, I, I'm even, I wonder, we should have looked this up. I wonder what the statistics are of, um, you know, unwanted sexual encounters or sexual behaviors right. or just unwanted um, conversations that you don't want to have with, with men. You know, I'm sure it's 100% on women. Yeah. Like, every woman has so, had a situation. Before Natalie and I got here, on, on the ride here, um, I, I think we both uncovered something about ourselves. I uncovered about you. I, I was under the assumption that you had more sexual harassment experiences. Mm-hmm. I thought you would have had more. 
No. The fact that you've had mild experiences, yeah. I was surprised. I'm so blessed. You Truly. are. And I think that you were surprised to know that I had pretty intense, mm. like... Yeah, sexual in- or unwanted encounters. Unwanted sexual encounters. Like, mm-hmm. we were both surprised mm-hmm. to learn that about one another. Which, mm-hmm. again, if you do experience something like that, talking to any of the women or friends or anybody that you have, you'll find that, you know, you will find somebody there who's going to relate yeah. Or be able to connect you with some kind of help, guidance. Mm-hmm. It's so important. Yeah, and it doesn't matter how big or how small the situation exactly. was. The matter is that it's happened and it, yeah. it can affect you in whatever way it will affect you. It's all fair. Yep. So. <sighs> that was great. That was great. I love us. I love us. And I love everyone that's listening to us and supporting us in this. Oh, hey. And... um. Real quick, shouts out to our listeners in Hong Kong. Hong Kong. Okay? Hong Kong is listening. I appreciate you so much, people in Hong Kong. You have no idea. Let yourself be seen, heard. They can have three kids now. Oh, that's right. They They increased it. They can have three kids. Yeah. They They did increase it because their population was decreasing. Yeah. They're having a hard time. um, People getting into the workforce, I think. There's this big gap. I'm not too sure, but yeah, you know what? Shout out. And you know what? I do want to say this. We are fortunate to be surrounded by a a good group of positive male role models and support. In the building right (laughs) Right now, now. we have Bartley, Jake, and Ray supporting us. (laughs) Always. On this frequency, y'all. On all levels. Like, they're very encouraging, supportive, and, like, we know who to call if something goes down. (laughs) Yeah, y'all the shit, man. That's a beautiful thing. I appreciate all of you. Yes. So, that was it, man. Until next time, increase the peace. Increase the peace. Shout out to everyone who joined us. Thank you so much. I am Ricky Limota, a.k.a. Buenaventura, and it's a pleasure to be sitting next to the beautiful lady full of finesse at Natalie Stephanie with those two eyes. We're live from Rose City Sound Studios in the beautiful Inland Empire. And this show was brought to you by and produced by the infamous juice box Bartley. (laughs) We are on this frequency. Please DM us, send us an email on this frequency at gmail.com. Let us know what you're thinking. Give us your topics, your questions, your inquiries. We're here to help. That's what we do. We chop it up all the time. Make sure you share us, like us, get those conversations going on with your family, and catch a new episode drop every Wednesday, wherever you listen to your podcast. Drop it like it's hot, y'all. Bye.